The Wake Up Call is a daily encouragement to shake off the slumber of our busy lives and turn our eyes toward Jesus. Each morning, our community gathers around a scripture, a reflection, prayer, and a few short questions, inviting us to reorient our lives around the love of Jesus, who transforms our hearts, homes, churches, and cities. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It is Friday, December 9th, 2022 in the year of our Lord. I'm Sarah Wank, and our series this December is called When Light Breaks In, Considering the Light of Christmas. Our entry today is called A Covering. From Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Now consider this. My goodness, the days are long. The darkness rolls in so early, and then steadily lingers through the wee hours of the morning. Five o'clock looks like midnight, and morning seems to move in so slowly, as if somehow weaker than usual. If that wasn't hard enough for the night to be so very long, the daylight isn't much better. Winter days can be seemingly sunless. A dim, gray heaviness covers the sky like an unfortunate oppression of wintertime. For many, the sun won't pierce through the cloud-covered sky for many months. Darkness covers the earth. Some days, that darkness feels so very deep. Isaiah leans into the reality that darkness is everywhere, that shadows infiltrate every corner and linger not just around but over us. And in a way we tend to do with darkness, we deny it as something out there and around. But the text implies that the people are in darkness too. Like, it's not just a thing out there. It's something that lingers in and around us. It fogs our thinking. It clouds our judgment. It disguises our ability to see God more clearly. Darkness is the sin and separation that happens in us, between people and God himself. And Isaiah, even in the middle of reminding God's people of the light that breaks through the night, doesn't let us forget that sin and separation act as the cloud cover between us and the divine love we were designed to know. When I was little, in our little house on Union Street, From time to time, I would find my way into the living room, pull all the cushions off the couch and blankets from every corner of the house. I'd stand some cushions upright, find a chair from the kitchen, and cover my rickety structure with those same blankets until I had made a masterful cave, a den of blankets and baubles to hide myself in. The smallness of that space sparked imagination and playful, childlike fun. But it was also an escape, 
a way of separating myself from the big things of the world around me. Sometimes the darkness of it was deeply comforting. But as I've aged out of blanket forts, I've grown into hiding, withdrawing in different ways. My guess is you have too. When you pull the covers up tighter and avoid the call to a new day, anxious at what it holds, when you avoid connection and conversation because it feels so very hard, when you curl up for binge-watching and doom-scrolling until you collapse, numb into bed. We have our ways of separating ourselves from things, numbing ourselves from life and God in it. Separation seems to be our tendency. We tend to keep space between God and us. It's been that way since Adam and Eve's hiding in the dark days of Noah when only one was faithful. Isaiah reminds them of the tendency for separation, like the thickness of a cloud cover that blocks out the sun, a heavy blanket of covering between us. In Isaiah's time, that separation had been the sinful disobedience of God's people going their own way, living for themselves, and taking control of their own path instead of walking in his. And because some things never change, That's our separation too. We hide ourselves away under the covering of control, independence, disregard, and mistrust. We let fear swell in us as the enemy convinces us to doubt God's goodness in the same way he did at the beginning. It was only as their self-separation began to live out an unbearable consequence that they would be willing to turn to the Lord to lift the burden and relieve their sin. And yet, even as darkness covers and separates, attempts to hold us in its fog of disconnect and uncertainty, it doesn't preclude God's desire to break through anyway. The glory of God is on full display over and above the covering of that separation. The splendor of God rises on Israel in spite of them. Because God's glory isn't dependent on us at all. The everything of God, the one who is, will be, and has always been, is glorious because of his nature and by his own choosing to radiate love upon us. That's what's so overwhelming about the light and love of God. It breaks in anyway. It inches in with its rising to break through the stifling cloud cover of sin in spite of the ways we choose hiding and separation. The light of Christ seeks us out by piercing through the darkness in the most minuscule and miraculous ways. God's light will shine because God will be glorified with or in spite of us. If that's the case, if God will be glorified, and is already revealing that glory in and above the cover of darkness, then why not lean into the light, looking for it, finding its ways piercing through the cloud cover and believing the one who has always been to continue his inbreaking glory? Like a child crawling out from under the covers to find the delight of their loved one, 
to turn from our isolation and climb up on laps for the love of another, we can peek out from the cover of separation to see God there. This beautiful inbreaking passage is a beacon of light and hope in the middle of despair. While the circumstances of their sin and separation continued their course, God would share, through Isaiah, words of promise that light was returning to them. This particular translation uses an interesting word right in the middle of the tension between God's light and their darkness. He says, see? The King James says, behold. He is inviting them in this prophecy of promise to look for where the glory of God is being revealed and inviting them to have eyes to see beyond the cover of darkness. To see is to peek out from under the covers with curiosity, hopefulness, and delight. It's choosing to believe God is at work, bearing his light all around, and stepping in to actively participate with him, eagerly leaning in to see God and to hunger for more of his light. In fact, in the Old Testament, It's precisely when the people of God began looking outside of themselves, turning to God and crying out for more of him, it's precisely then that the light would shine on them again. This Advent, as we strain our eyes to see beyond the darkness of the suffocating cloud cover and ask for God's light to be revealed, what we will find is that he's already revealed it. The Prayer Almighty God, light and hope revealed. We join in praising you for your inbreaking glory that is already shining. We are overwhelmed with the reality that your light always shines. When all we can see are clouds overhead and believe the gray skies will never break with light again, remind us that your glory covers all things and is rising on us. Where we are overwhelmed with grief, burdened with uncertainty, anxious for the night to end. Remind us that the separation we may feel only grows the longer we wait to look for you in it. Even as we carry the pain of waiting for things to change, remind us that your unfailing love is in it too, that your glory and our grief can share space until you come again. And would you make the cry of our hearts just that, for you to come and reveal your glory in us, and one day to all the world again. Amen. The question. Where do you feel the heaviness of waiting or the longing for resolution? When you find yourself in the uncertainty of darkness, do you tend to withdraw, put up the covers, or settle into the shadows? If so, what would it take for you to peek your head out from under them and look for God's glory revealed, especially as we wait for the promised coming of a Savior and a returning King? Before we go, would you join me in singing that beautiful Advent hymn of Israel's waiting and ours? O come, O come, Emmanuel. You can find the words in our great Redeemer's praise on page 162 
Google the lyrics, or if the song is new to you, just listen in with these words of longing. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh to us the path of knowledge show and cause us in her ways to go rejoice rejoice Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou root of Jesse's tree, thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee O Israel, O come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night. And death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. The captives from their prison free and conquer death's deep mystery. 
Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, desire of nations, bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrel cease, till all the world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. For the Awakening, I'm Sarah Wank. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.